You can do it again and just oh again, the same thing is fine. No, no, no. And look straight at me while I'm doing it. <laughs> okay, this is Mistress Veronica, and you're listening to the Massacast, which is for people 18 years or older. Thank you. Uh, 2009 was the la- was the first time you were on the podcast. Here we are, a couple years later. <laughs> yeah, a couple years. You were one of the first people I met in the kink scene when I moved here. Um, and I remember very vividly um, uh, a couple things. One is um, you and I hit it off. I can't remember. I, I, I remember the event. It was at the Delancey. No, he had, we went on a, a, a we went on a date sort of walk. That's right. For, it was the New York Marathon. The, the New York Marathon. That's, that's the right. first time we went. Oh my God. That's right. Holy shit. And we, we figured out we were good friends. It was really good. It was, I remember that now. Yes. New York Marathon. Holy shit. I remember that now. Because I knew nothing. I, I had just moved to Harlem. I knew nothing about Anything about New York Marathon, nothing mm-hmm. about New York City. I think it was Caller Me we met on, was it? Might have been. That was when before Ca- Fat Life. When Caller Me was still a working, when, viable right. website. <laughs> uh, but, but you introduced me to some of your friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had a mutual friend who's now married and living in Colorado. I remember very vividly, we were at the Delancey. That was the first time I met your other friends. Oh, okay. And she... I don't know what you told her or didn't tell her anything, but she thought I was a dom. I didn't realize that. Because she got like drunk and she was like, are you sure you're not a switch at least or something like that? And I was like, I'm sure. I'm very <laughs> sure. Um, but I've not, like you were one of the first. Yeah, you were one of the first people who uh, I was just a friend with that it wasn't because uh, I tried making friends before you in mm-hmm. the scene and at the time it was difficult to just make friends with people because it would be either they wanted something from you or they would say, I'm trying to think of the word. They'd be like a pro dom disguised as someone who's not a pro dom. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't even pro dom. It would be just someone who's a, a scam artist. Right. They'd be like, I would love to meet up for dinner, but first you have to send me $500 in PayPal to prove your whatever. Tribute. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we, I've known you for like 20 years or something like mm-hmm. that. We have been, uh, but at Saad and I have been out of the kink scene for quite a few years. We still have our friends that we visit and see, but we haven't been like involved in the local community that much. And so um, I've been, Trying to get it out, get out there a little bit more, but I realized a few things. One, I haven't seen you in so long. I hadn't seen you since pre-pandemic. I don't yes. Think. And so, one, I wanted you over to catch up. We were just talking for like an hour before we started recording, which flew by. But also, I want to talk to you about the kink scene. I want to talk about you and your experiences, what's new. I want to talk about dating. Uh, go. <laughs> no, no. Uh, pressure no no so so like what is the uh, compared to how things were before one thing i notice is and interrupt me whenever you are ready it's fine go for it um one thing i notice like when we back in our day 
when uh, when we first kind of were exploring the good old days, the good old day, there was like two kink events a month or something like that, right? I mean, Tess would have like something maybe once a week or something like that, but like events, events, there would be like one a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. You go on, and it and it was all very much like very hetero normative right uh very cis and it was you know um and very you know but, but there was also not not much uh specialty or specific areas every now and again there'd be like oh there's a spanking group or whatever or something but now you go on fet life and there's like seven events a day well i'm not sure it's seven events because a lot of them are just gangbangs from people who have decided fat life is a place to get sex right i don't call those real events okay okay let me back up <laughs> there's there's more than one event event a week we'll say Instead oh definitely of, more right. than one event a week right so but and it seems to me that there are more niche specific specific uh, events for specific demographics and people and interests and stuff like that yes there are a lot of queer parties right um then there's some poc parties yeah um yeah so and you know there's always been the lesbian parties they always had those right so ah the lesbians yes um you know the gays always had their parties right that i never really got knew about right really Well, not secret. It's just, you know, unless it was like the men of Onyx, I didn't know what was going on because I'm not a gay man. Right. (laughs) So I'm not the demographic they're trying to reach. But there are there are very specific niche. Like I saw um, uh, an event that was specifically for trans people of color. And I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. So even parties that are still largely heterosexual still i think like i have a friend who throws parties um she has an event space so she will throw parties and her parties um still kind of heteronormative but there is she makes sure to know let people know that a it's a space that puts poc and queer voices at the at the top Mm -hmm. so that people of all demographics feel welcome to attend Mm -hmm. which is nice it is nice yeah i mean uh, and it it gets it more interesting people to meet to tell you the truth also when someone uh feels welcome Mm -hmm. it just makes for a much more as a poet, there's a difference, I think, between uh, putting people front and center versus mm-hmm. welcoming everyone. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, not that there's anything against people welcoming everyone, but if you make sure, hey, look, we're putting these people and their needs first. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm a white guy. That's how things have always been for, for, for my kind. So yes. <laughs> it's not like It's not like, you know... Because I have talked to guys who are like, hey, this kind of sucks. You know, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. you rule the world right exactly like right. let us let somebody else right. you know rule for a little bit so um <laughs> but it's i i thought it was like so awesome that like a that people feel so free to be able to do that but also that um you can have an event and a space like that and survive 
Um, you, uh, you said before we started recording, you said, and I want to talk about this event space mm -hmm. because you do a lot of helping in that event space. Mm -hmm. Before we get that, uh, we were talking and you said, people think I left the scene, but I didn't. I've just been going into other scenes. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny, pre-pandemic, someone said to me, I'd gone in a test meeting after not really attending for a really long time. And they were like, oh my God, did you disappear? And I went, no, I didn't disappear. I just took my my party somewhere else. There was a time, and we don't have to keep this in. There was a time when, I'm, I'm laughing about this because this is something that I remember so vividly about you and that I love about you. Mm -hmm. There was a time when you couldn't say Tess without it sounding- Like a curse? Yes. <laughs> I mean, like you were saying something like cancer. Or like <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've always been very, I mean, now Tess and I are good. Right. <laughs> but yes, back in 2010, Tess and I were, we were, and it wasn't Tess. It was just, there were certain people right. in the organization running it that I had issues with. Right. And the main person has been banned for life. So, hey. Right. I, I still haven't been, been back. I still haven't been back. I've been back. Um, I went to Test Fest this year, oh. which was interesting. Yeah, I heard it was. I didn't go time. last year uh, for health reasons, but I went this year, and it was interesting. And you know, uh, actually, a close friend was actually the, you know, the director of Test Fest. Nice. So, so you and Tess are good now. Yeah, me and Tess are good. I mean, I was also there for 2019. No. What year was 2019 was the last one. Yeah, that was post pre-pandemic. Right. So I was on pre-pandemic and then this year. So you've, you've, you've been and mm -hmm. good time had by all. Yeah, I had a good time. I'm glad I actually didn't go last year, actually. I didn't hear good things. Oh, <laughs> well, for health reasons, it's probably a good thing. It was. And also people, and some people got COVID and I was like, thank God. <laughs> I missed that saying, one. Thank God you didn't go. You're not yeah, saying thank, thank God people got COVID. No, no. Thank God I missed it because right. I couldn't afford to get COVID. Right. <laughs> um, well, that's I'm glad you're on good terms with Tess again because mm -hmm. I mean it's a it's a, I I think. Do you think? Uh, and I don't know because I haven't gone to a Tess event in so long. Um, does it still play the same role that it used to? 20 years ago? No, unfortunately not. Is it because of the internet and there's so many other spaces I, to learn? So right now, test is still virtual. Oh. Um, which I think, and they're looking for a space. Because Paddle's closed. Because Paddle's closed and the space that they had, you know, is wasn't viable and I believe wasn't no, is no longer viable. Right. So they were looking for a space to come back to in person, mm -hmm. but everybody else has come already come back in person. Right. So uh, there's a desperate need for in-person education. Mm -hmm. Even I don't want to zoom. I haven't gone to a test meeting because I'm sick of zooming. Right. I don't want to zoom if I don't have to. <laughs> also, I think a lot of people associate zoom with work yeah. and they don't want to spend their pleasure time. Right, exactly. Like, you know, now that the pandemic is over and people are back in person, nobody wants well, to be on Zoom if they don't have as to. As we speak, hospitalizations are going up. But yeah, you know, you're right. Well, but you know, like, it's not over, but right, yeah. it's, everybody's decided to go back to normal, <laughs> including me to some extent. Right. Um, 
but I think that's because uh, I have seen events and spaces where they um, um, it sounds like they're doing like some really interesting niche conversations and topics in person here mm -hmm. in New York. And I think that's great. Um, and, and, uh, and I really wonder what um, role Tess will have when it comes back again, because um, I, mean, I think it could have a, a tremendous role because the one there are parties there's not a lot of education. Right. And I think that was always Tessa's main role right. is the education. So once they get back to in-person education, I think they will have a tremendous role. Uh, this is very New York centric. And I think it's much needed. There are a lot of new people who come in who need some education. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those people who aren't in New York who are listening, Tess is like the oldest I believe it's in in the, the world US, or in the world is the claim. Yeah, I, the the claim is the world. The the oldest kink uh, organization in the world, uh, definitely in the states. Yes, in in the world, um, it stands for the Eulenspiegel Society, yes. which is unfortunate. I think it's uh, it's not holding up. Uh, it, that name doesn't hold up. I don't think. I don't know. No, uh, I get asked that all the time. What is that? Right, <laughs> like I, I mean, something German. Yeah, um, go Google it. Right, <laughs> but but it's test for short. And and um, I meant you know the education there was always really helpful. I found uh, the ability to socialize and meet people. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're on good terms with Tess again because mm -hmm. I remember because you were like in a big wig there for a little while. I was a board member, right? And, and I the, resigned. And was, I, remember, <laughs> I remember. I was like. Yeah, y'all can keep this. I'm going to go have fun. I didn't need the agita. So back to the original <laughs> question. You switched. You said you you just changed scenes. I just changed parties. Well, where? where so where did you go? Um, I spent a lot of time at Club Femme NYC. Right. Um, and that has come to a close, too. The, the I'm no longer. I was so. I switched to Club Femme. Um, and I was their webmistress, right. and I, then I became one of the co-headmistresses, and some health issues came up and some personal issues, and I was like, time for me to put this shit aside right? and really focus on moi. Club Femme, <laughs> let's back up there. Club Femme is a... Uh, okay. It's a femdom. It's a national... So it's it's a local chapter. New York City is the local chapter of a national organization. Or actually, rephrase that. It's an international organization because right. they also have um, chapters in Europe. Yeah, I, I have a, I'll, I'll share one of my favorite stories about that in just a bit. But the um, um, you were there. It sounded like you were there for quite a while. I was. And is it more? Is it more hetero uh, focused? It's, Absolutely hetero-focused. Yeah. So... Because I was um, talking to someone who is a submissive woman. Femdom can be trans-female right. or cis-female. Right. And subs have to be um, cis-male cis, cis or trans-male. So sub-women, you're out of luck. Sub-women, you're out of luck. Which... Also dominant men, you're out of luck. Right. So I went to a Club Femme event many years ago. Uh, it was, and I, you may have been there at the time. It was in a restaurant. It was in the Bagger Restaurant, and there was someone who was the head mistress of the French chapter mm -hmm. of Club Femme. 
And um, uh, a couple of us uh, submissive males were kind of like charged with keeping her company and whatever. And I'll never forget this story because I still laugh about it. Um, I asked her, I said, so what's the kink scene like in in France? What's it like there? And then what, what's the club? She was like, she was talking about how she has these private parties uh, and events at her own home, mm-hmm. in her own home. But sometimes they will have a play party, like at an event space. But she said that one of the biggest problems is that you're not allowed to prevent people from coming in. Huh. At least this was at this one event, this kink event space. So basically, they would have a club femme event, again, dedicated to dominant women and submissive males. And this, I'll never forget this. She goes like, the party, it is great, but sometimes the master, he shows up and ruins it. The master means that dominant men will show up and ruin it. But the way she said, the master shows up. I remember just imagine this guy with a handlebar mustache going like, <laughs> I will ruin your party. You know, the master shows. I just, I imagine this like French guy uh-huh. who calls himself the master, you know, uh, showing up. But no, she was talking about dominant men will show up to the party and it ruins it. But uh, I, I'll never forget that. The phrase, the master shows up and he ruins it for everyone. And I just love that. I love that phrase. And she was like 80 or something like that. I was not at that one. Oh, she was like... I would have remembered that one. She was a real character, a real hoot. I hope she's still around. I hope she's still having the party. So so let's talk about the health issues. Mm -hmm. You had a kidney transplant. Yes. um, So I've had... So backtrack. I was diagnosed with primary biliary cirrhosis. It's really mouthful. It's called PVC. Back in 04. Oh, actually, 05. Um, and then a year later, I was diagnosed with lupus. Right. Um, and so I'd say about... Because you don't fuck around. I don't. You really do it. I mean, if you're going to do it... You if I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get real re- sick. Yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> and so the PVC is really under control, but the lupus never really did. Right. It decided it was going to fuck with me for life. <laughs> And I ended up getting um, kid- the lupus started to affect my kidneys. They call it lupus nephritis. Um, that came to a head in 2002, right? The summer of 2002, where my doctor goes, "It's time for you to start looking, um, start the transplant process." He's like, "You're almost at failure." So, so uh, uh, there are five steps of kidney disease, right? And so the fifth one is end stage kidney failure. And you were at the last stage. Yeah. It's at actually starts at 15%. You 15% left kidney function. I was at like 20. I had no, this was 2002. But I know. I'm, I'm sorry, 22. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. 2022. I was like, I knew you. What <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. This was, this was, this was last year. Oh, so like, it was a year like, ago. How did I not know this? And- no. Okay. So. I mean, I always had kidney. When you met me, I had kidney disease. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I had kidneys, but not the disease part. Yeah, I had kidney disease. Um, so this is. Too, I was. I was or say, actually, no. When you met me, I didn't yet. I was. It would be a couple more years. Holy before shit! It what if I'm like the cause? 
No. No. Okay. You, you can't boost my 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 lupus from I acting all fucked those, up. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> one of those people has like a weird magnetic field around them. Like no. So yeah, I went into kidney failure last the end of last summer, and uh, went into panic. So how did <laughs> you find straight? I didn't. So you when you go in, you have to go in. You have to start the process. Right. Um, register with a hospital. I registered with NYU because that's actually the hospital I go to for all my doctors. Right. Just happens to be the number one hospital in New York. Right. Um, and they have a great kidney. They have a great transplant team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go in, you have to take a half day um, class where you talk to a coordinator you talk to a um, a social worker. Right. You get assigned a social worker, and you know you start the process. You also take a shit ton of blood. Right. Um, the most blood I've ever had in one sitting was insane, and they test you for everything. Right, because they have to make sure that you don't have something out of the ordinary that's going to Not only that, but they also have to make sure that they match you with somebody who has the same things that you have so that you don't have the potential for rejection. So I know for things like um, liver transplant, Mm -hmm. like it is difficult to find a match, right? Um, And there's a whole bunch of other things. Like it's it's difficult to find. Is it the same with kidneys, or is it easier with kidneys? No, kidneys. I mean, it's trans. I mean, to get a transplant match, it's just hard because not enough people donate. Right, right. (laughs) That's because you know you you can technically live with one kidney. Sure. Um, but not enough people donate or get screened, so there's a loss of sign up. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely sign up, folks. But, Make sure you're um, organ donor. I got lucky. I got the call on February 25th, 2022. Um, was it a voluntary donor or someone who passed away? It or? was. It's a deceased donor. Right. Um, yeah, they called me a quarter. It was like a quarter to... F- it was like 4.45 or something like that. And I was like, who the fuck's calling me? Because they tell you. You have to, once you get on the list, you always have to have your phone of on. Of course. And I was like, my first instinct is, who the fuck's calling me? These band colors. <laughs> this is 445. In the morning. Oh, in the morning. In the morning. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I'm and I'm in Jersey because my friend is having surgery a couple days later, and I just wanted to see her before her surgery right. because I knew she'd be out of commission. Right. Um, and so, I'm, and then I go, oh, my God. I know what this call is. So I pick up and they're like, we've got a match. You got to get over here. And I'm like, okay, how long do I have to get? They're like, get over here as soon as you can. Like, leave now. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I go banging on my friend's door, her bedroom door. And right. I'm like, get up. I got a match. Right. 4.45 <laughs> And she is in bl- oblivious. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm screaming at her. And she finally goes, oh, Okay. So we get in the car. I'm in my PJs. All her, I did her was- Her car and your car. Her car. Because okay. I took the train down. Sure. We get in her car. She drives me in. I'm in my PJs. I didn't even like- I was like, fuck dressing. Right. We got to get out of here now. 
So yeah. And what time did you? Okay, so four forty-five is when you get. The I call. got there about six thirty, I think. Oh shit! Yeah, that's longer than you must have been away in Jersey. Um, Jersey Shore down oh. by um Asbury that's Park. That's pretty good time. Yeah, I mean you can. Look, Thankfully, it was early morning, not, and there was not a lot of traffic on the road. I will say, if you were ever going to get pulled over for speeding, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a good excuse. No, we didn't speed. It was it had rained, so you know uh, you didn't want to tempt fate. No, we don't want to get in a car accident on my way to. <laughs> you get there at six thirty. Are they get, on, are they on the phone with you while you're driving? And they're like, no, no, no. No, I get there, I check in, they put me up in my own room, right? Um, and by four thirty, I was under the knife. So four thirty that night. Yeah, four thirty. So twelve then. hours, basically twelve hours from the call. Um, yeah, you, yeah. That is pretty good. Yeah. And um, and I was in the hospital three days. That's pretty good, and and and, and that's actually normal. Three really? days stay uh, is normal. Reason, if you don't was... have any complications, right. you're out of there. Um, <laughs> so now you uh, you've got someone else's kidney. You yep. have one, or you have two. I actually have three. You have three. Ki- so they don't take your old kidneys out. What? They stay. They only take them out if they're like diseased and they can cause oh, other diseases. Shit. Yeah. So, so otherwise, if they're just not functioning, they just stay. So I technically have three kidneys. Only one works, though. <laughs> oh, because I was wondering, like, I wonder if the other ones are working, like, the other one's, like, 5% working, so they're kind of chugging away a little bit, or? They could be, but who cares? Because right. it's not enough to live off right. of. <laughs> right. But still, I mean, it's nice to know you got that extra capacity of, like, oh, I've got that extra 5% from that. Well, now, because I think right now my kidney functions and they vary because it depends on how much I drink, which is hence the lovely purple water bottle. Right. Um, so you have to keep hydrated. I That's have good. to keep hydrated. It helps the kidney function better. The bathroom is right there if you ever need it, of <laughs> course, of this conversation. Um, but, you know, it's like 65%. It's gone up to at least 70 You know, I feel like such an asshole. I, I'm not on Facebook. I never go on Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is the shit I probably miss. Mm-hmm. I put out a call because I wouldn't, you know, when I got finally, you went from inactive to active on the transplant list. I, the first thing I did was start putting out calls for like people want to get tested or if you just know, just spread the word because you never know where you'll get a transplant from. I want to say, obviously it's easy for me to say this after the fact, Mm -hmm. but who knows? Maybe you'll need another kidney for some reason, right? (sighs) Hopefully not anytime soon. No, but what I'm saying is. (laughs) Had I known, I would have gotten tested mm-hmm. because first off, I've got two. I can spare one. Second of all, you would owe me for life. <laughs> you would owe me so Dude, much. It is true. I, I could lord that over you all the time. I would like, hey, let's go get brunch. And you're like, I'm kind of busy. Mm-hmm. I was oh, I was actually surprised with the people who actually said, oh, I'll get tested. But I literally wasn't even on the list long enough for anybody to start the testing process before I got my call. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's like good. I went active from inactive to active on the list February 1st. Right. I got my kidney transplant 25th. Like I was just starting. People are like, wait. You just start, and I was like, I know. It, it happened so fast. Is it just because you happen to be the right match at the right time? Yeah, I, I've been accruing time inactively since November. Right. And I didn't, but I didn't, so I had been accruing time and just happened that I top of the list with just the right match. Right. Oh, man. Just, I, I so it's glad. a miracle. Yeah. Like people, and I literally was supposed to six days later have my surgery to start dialysis. Right. 
So, so you didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. I was like, we can cancel that, right? They're <laughs> like, of course. I'm like, immediately. Because so... I was definitely not looking forward to dialysis. Fuck, I really... <sighs> It's times like this when I'm like, why, God, maybe, maybe I should go on Facebook. I wish they could, I wish you, here's what you should be able to do. You should be able to switch your account to like emergency only, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that if your friends have a bat signal moment mm-hmm. that you can be notified, I guarantee, because there's like, there's someone who, from my childhood, who I grew up with, who passed away like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I only found out like, a month or two ago. And I was like, what, what the fuck? Because I'm not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a bat signal thing where like, you will get a notification mm-hmm. only in this instance. I check mine. I just check it regularly. Like every couple of days. Right. I'll check it. Uh, I don't live on it like I used to. Right. But, you know. Um, well, I'm very glad that you're okay. I am. I'm good. How did that... How, so I'm curious, how does that affect your let's back up just a little bit you're in a you have a submissive i do is it a situation where is that my phone or is it that was mine Uh, (laughs) um you uh how how long have you been together five months five months so this is pre you you've got the kidney yeah this is post transplant post transplant yeah because i would i was curious like how would that affect your relationship is it um is it too early to ask like what is the nature of this? Is it are you just play partners right now? Are you dating? Are you is it DS? We're, we're dating and it's DS. And it's DS. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that? How's that going? I mean, I know it's good. It's good. I know that because uh, I've been around you when you've been dating someone, ah! and uh, and. I can relate because I, I was the exact same way with Saad when I first, but um, there, uh, some of the, the, the boys can be nervous around you when, when you're, when they're in service to you is what I'm saying. I don't, he's not nervous now, but pre dating, he was super nervous. Yeah. He, he said, I scared him, <laughs> which I was like, all right, you're going to have to get over this one. Right. So um, how did you meet? Um, we met because he went on a date with my friend and she was like, not my type, but he may be good for Coco. <laughs> so what is that? Um, I'm curious, like what? So she, she basically set you up. Yes. That's... She basically invited him to a party she knew I'd be at so that we could meet. Right. Um, nothing happened that night because he didn't put, he didn't. Like, I knew who he was. I don't know if he knew who I was. Right. I never even asked him, tell you the truth. But I gave him an opportunity to play with me, and he was like, no. And I was like, okay. And I went and played with somebody else. Right. Um, And then he messaged me that, that next day, and I was like, how do I take you seriously when you sat there and turned me down? I was like... And you didn't pretty much pay me any attention. I all I got were friend vibes. And I'm like, so you're in the friend category. And we'll see what happens afterwards. And? Um, I was throwing with my friend. So the friend is She Magic. Okay. Um, and she has a, she, those events. Right. 
She has her own space. She has her own event space right. and she throws kink events as well. Right. Um, so she she and I decided to do a tea. Um, because you know, I love tea parties. Sure. She had never she'd gone to her first tea party um in Jersey, because right. I belong to Goddess House, um, which is Femdom uh leather family. Okay. And so she was like, oh, it'd be fun if we threw a tea party. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we were throwing a tea party. We knew we needed servers. And I'm like, here's a guy who messaged me all this and said if he could ever be of service. And I'm like, I need servers. So I messaged him and let him know. And he was like, okay, I'll be there. So he also messaged me that he also... um did some side work for a tea, someone who owned a tea company in, and yeah, in um, DC. And he could also bring some teas by for me to sample. And I was like, oh, wonderful. So he did. He bought a bunch of teas by um, the first, because we did a training for all the servers. Right. Um, and he showed up and he was there on time and he brought the teas. And then the day of the event, he was there on time and did what he needed to do or that I asked him to. And I was like, so after the event, I was like, okay, I messaged him to basically say, okay, I see you. I see that you're putting in the work. The effort. So, okay, let's, I'll take you up on that dinner offer. Right. And we went to dinner and we... It was, that's, from there, it was smooth sailing. Good for you. But he needed to just get over being nervous around me. I uh, was like. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll let you in on a secret. He's still nervous. <laughs> I don't know. He acts fine now. No, He's I know. more of himself now. I, and I know this because I'm still nervous with Saad and it's been 14 years. Mm. And there is still, there's still part of me that's nervous around her right mm. especially if she gets a look in her so don't expect don't be surprised if the nervousness comes back or something like that okay. be, or or it's or is there we're just hiding it or something i know when i first started dating sod it was i was like i'm gonna just be like yeah whatever sure yeah you know totally cool chill that's not what was going on internally and i can tell you <laughs> it took a long time a long time before i was able to like at least relax a little bit. And I have a feeling this is the case because here's here's what I found interesting about that story is for you, it's the fact that they said what they were going to do. They did it. They were open or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, and they did, in, they said what they were going to do, which yes. is because there are a lot of flaky people. Oh God, there's so many. Right. Especially on the apps. Right. Well, that's, this is, this is an interesting well, I, let's before we go talk about the apps. Um, do you want to describe like what's the? I'm, I'm curious. Like, how does DS? How does that? Uh, incor- how is it? How do you incorporate that into a relationship? Um. So it's interesting. So we obviously we don't live together. So it's we call it. He calls me often to talk to chat. I tell him generally for going out what he's wearing. Right. Um. I set the generally set the calendar about what we're doing, right, or where we're going, unless I asked for his input. Right. And then he looks and goes, "Whatever makes you happy." And I'm like, "Okay, what would make me happy right now is for you to make a decision." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, but there's a tricky part to that because what if the 
what if he doesn't care one way or the other? What if for him, it's just a matter of spending time with you and he doesn't give a shit about what the context is as long as he's hanging out with you. I know, but sometimes it's like, I just want a little input. I don't want to do all the thinking all right. the time. But here's, here's, my, here's my experience in that situation. Because I am very similar, especially when it comes to like restaurants or something mm-hmm. like that. And here's how the conversation will go. She'll be like, I don't want to make a decision at all. You go ahead and pick the, the restaurant or whatever. I'm like, all right. And I'll, this is on like, we're going to order delivery or something like that. Okay. So I'll say, all right, I guess we're going to have pizza. No, we had pizza a week ago. Okay. I guess we're going to have Thai food. No, I'm not in the mood for Thai food. Okay. Well, I guess we're, she ends up picking it anyway. She just, now, I usually will tell them up front, be like, no, I don't want pizza. I had that yesterday. So. I don't understand this at all. This whole thing. I had it yesterday. So therefore I can't have it today. Then again, before I met her, I had cereal for just about every meal. So I, so there's certain meals that I probably could do more than once a week. Right. Pizza's not one of them. I don't want pizza every day. Well, I'm just saying the fact that like, oh, I had that yesterday. It's like a. But I, I will say this, the fact that I don't care about food mm-hmm. is both a negative and a positive. It's a negative in that she can enjoy food and be like, oh, this is, and talk about it. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, but the nice thing about me not caring about food is when we go to a restaurant, I'll, she'll say, oh, I think I'm going to have this. And I'll say, what is your second p- choice? Like, what's your second choice? And then I'll order her second choice. So, so that she can pick off of it? Well, so if she doesn't like her first choice... I'll swap with her and she'll be happy with the second choice. Mm. Now it looks like I'm being like this selfish, selfless, uh, eager to please submissive, which I am. But it's just that I don't care is what they really. Uh, so unfortunately he doesn't eat, doesn't eat um, pork or beef. Right. So, and I do. Right. So. So you can't do that. Not always. Right. <laughs> right. Is this a religious thing or. No, he just doesn't. He just, just stopped years and years oh, ago. Good for no him. Eating. Healthy. Okay. Pork was the first to go and beef shortly after. Right. Um, so uh, how far away does he live? Corona, Queens. Oh, that's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's not convenient either. Well, but you can, it's, it's not like he's like in Connecticut or something. No, thankfully. He's you still in it, New York City. You made it sound like when I when we were speaking before, you made it sound like let me know when you want more tea, by the way. Oh, I'm good. I think after this, I'll be good. You're just going to stick with the one. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. And and uh, how how what about clicking play-wise? Uh, um, we do click play-wise. Yeah. Do he's, f- he's kind of new, like, so we're still trying out new things and, you know, things I love. And he goes, uh, I don't know. I'm like, it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, this is an interesting question that I've actually asked several friends recently over how do you feel about newbies? Like, um, Saad and I will play with people together when we're dating. So we'll date with like switch and sub women. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does not want someone who's completely new because she doesn't want to teach someone. She doesn't feel like that. Whereas I have other friends who are like, oh, man, yeah, someone new. That sounds like so much fun. Being able to give them their first experience, seeing them. Mm-hmm. Seeing them experience something for the first time. How do you fall? I don't mind someone new. What I dislike is someone who's uneducated. Right. So 
there are lots of sub obviously i'm hetero so right i'm gonna just speak for myself sure submissive men that i have met who seem to think it is a dom's job to teach them everything that they will not do any of the legwork for themselves and find out what it is that they need to know Give me an example. This is nicotine, by the way, because I don't oh. smoke anymore. Did you want some nicotine? No, right. I don't smoke. <laughs> well, neither do I anymore, but that's why I'm having one of these. Well, I haven't smoked in years. Oh, I miss it so much. It's so good. Um, it's so good. And 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 I look cooler, too. <laughs> I look so much cooler with a cigarette than with a lozenge. You Well, um, having it, a steel lung won't look so cool. Um, being on, you know, being on oxygen, not so cool. So what someone said, uh, you know, it cuts cuts down years of your life. Yeah, but it's the worst years. It's like the last five years when I'm like 95 or something. So if you're let's lucky. Talk about, let's talk about education. Okay. You said you didn't want to have to educate someone. Give what me it an, means give me an to example. be submissive. How to, you know, just like read Slavecraft. Have read something. Yeah, these, these, these words mean different things to different people. It does. But I mean, there are guys who have never done anything. They don't come out to, they've never gone to a munch. Mm-hmm. Or a play party or anything social. And they have never read anything besides porn. Right. Well, here's the point. So, their misconception of what DS is, is just off the charts. Right. And I understand this. And I think the problem is, is because there's so much shame involved, right? There's a lot of people who have shame involved. Mm Because I remember, granted, the first time I was in, the first night I was in New York, I went to Paddles, right? Which was uneventful, right? Literally, there wasn't an event. There was two guys there. That was uh, all it was. But that was my first night in New York. Mm-hmm. So I had that drive, right? I had the drive that you have this side of yourself that like, oh, am I going to be, am I going to accept this side of myself at least? Uh, am I hor- so horny for it <laughs> that it's going to push me there? But some people, the shame aspect of it is stronger than the horny aspect. So they're not going to go to the, or not the shame or maybe the fear because they've only seen like misconceptions on the, uh, on TV or something like that. Right. But you could buy, you can buy a book off of Amazon and read it. And this is true. In the comfort of your home. I think there's just a lot of misconception about the kink community that prevents some people from going. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But those are also the ones who usually flake on you. So when I get someone who hasn't gone out, and hasn't read anything, and all they've seen is porn. Right. I don't trust your what I don't. It, it leaves me no trust level. Right. For, so I, I'm like, yeah, never mind. I don't want to be anyone's or someone. Oh, oh, the other phrase is, I'm just you know, I just want to try it out. I don't want to be anybody's experiment. I'm not looking for an experiment. That's a uniquely. I, that that that's something that I hear from a lot of dominant women. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way: that they don't want to be a a, a, a kink pez dispenser. Or, yes. You know. So you know, don't tell me. Oh, I just want you to peg me. Right. I'm not interested. Right. <laughs> you want because you want you want uh, you want what you want, not what. And if it happens to be what they want as well, that's fine. You don't want to be like dictated or like. No. Right. No. 
So, you know, you just got to find somebody for me. It, they're, so he's new, but he's done the reading. Right. Oh, that's good. He, you know, went to events. He met people. He's mm-hmm. not even before meeting me. Right. So I'm like, he's really serious about this right. as opposed to somebody who's just trying this out. I, I find it, I find it very fascinating because um, we were, uh, both side and I are on the apps. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, she logs in once a month or something like that. And specifically field is one that, mm-hmm. uh, um, and um, she's like, uh, she can tell just by someone's profile. Okay, is this person interested in just like using her to get a kink experience or something like that, and uh, or is this person a possible you know date, mm-hmm. someone who you know for a relationship, whatever. And what I find very interesting is that um, because she, if you're a woman on these apps, you get a lot of likes, mm-hmm. um, and. So she'll sometimes hand me her phone. So I just, I'll say, you know, I'll say no to the ones I know that she's not interested in or whatever like that. But what I find very funny is like, so, so that she, I'll be like, well, how was that conversation with so-and-so? She's like, oh, this person was just looking to explore. They weren't, in, you know, whatever. I'm like, I would be totally fine with that. Like if, if, if a woman who was like, you know, I'm very curious about being a dominant woman and I'm not really sure. I just want to fill in the blank thing. I'm like, yes, Absolutely. Let's do that. I'm totally experiment. Use me as a kink pet dispenser. That's totally fine. It and, depends on what you're looking for. I was looking for a relationship. Sure, sure. So I'm not, and I was looking for a monogamous relationship. Right. No poly, none of that. Right. So, because I'm immunocompromised, I don't really want a bunch of. Oh, it is so. So many people's germs. I only want one, have to deal with one person's germs. You want to say, you want to hear something absolutely <laughs> fascinating? So I know nothing about the poly community at mm-hmm. all. I mean, I have friends in the poly community. I'm sure you do as well. I do. Ethically unrelated. Um, but since uh, Sad and I have been dating separately, and by dating separately, I mean um, she uh, goes on dates whenever she feels like it because she can, and I'm on the apps, basically. That's how that works. And so uh, because submissive guys are still as undesirable as they've ever been, which I find amazing. I'm like, we've, we've made no progress. I'm like, all these. <laughs> all you have, you probably, you could probably find somebody because you're sincere no. and you're not a flake. Well, no, because nobody knows. You can't tell that from an app. You can't tell someone sincere from an app. No, but you can say that you're already in a relationship. You're already in a relationship. Yeah, no. In fact, well, what happens is, is I find I have actually talked to some people who said that. Oh, I would have been interested, but they were worried because Saad has so much experience. They were worried that I would compare them to oh. her, which I would not do. I would not be like, mm-hmm. you call that pegging? You know, I wouldn't be like, <laughs> really? That's what? That's all you got for a spank? Really? I wouldn't be like that, right? But I don't think that's the case. I think it's also like submissive men are just, they're on the lower, still on the low end of the desirability list. If you if you go through field or any of the dating apps or something like that, most of the women are be like, I'm looking for daddy or I'm looking for a, 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 a whatever, service top or looking, you know. Field is, so I was on, well, I guess I still am because I haven't actually canceled the account. I'm not sure. Right. I might have, I don't remember. Um but field is interesting because it's really for poly and ethical non-monogamy. Right. So I'm so I found out this is not the app for me. Right. 
So I think I did delete that one. Well, here's what I found interesting. And that I didn't know about this. And, mm-hmm. that I, and, and, and I, again, fascinating. So there are people, we'll call it the ethical non-monogamy as the umbrella term. Mm-hmm. And there are these, all these different branches underneath it, right? Of which, just like kinky is a, is a term, and there's uh-huh. a whole bunch of branches underneath Yep, correct. I was talking to one person, and uh, she was like, do you consider yourself ethically non-monogamous or poly? And I was like, I do not believe I could have a romantic interest in someone else other than my wife. But, you know, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know until I experienced it. But, you know, uh, th- and for some people, that's a deal breaker. They're like, no, I'm not. If you're not poly, that's it. Another person have had a chat with, which is rare. It's rare to get a match in the first place. So I was like, holy shit. So I was chatting with this one person. It seemed like we get along, you know, fairly similar kink interests and all this stuff. Asking about our relationship. And I said, well, obviously I have a DS relationship with my wife. She would be priority for me. So anyone else I'm seeing, uh, she would be totally understanding and totally game for me to go out and date people. As long as it doesn't interfere with our relationship, we have things that we do like Wednesday is massage night or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. she would take priority. Mm -hmm. My wife would take priority. And she was like, and again, we clicked on so many levels, conversationally and all this other stuff. She was like, oh, I, sorry, I, I don't believe in hierarchical non-monogamy. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's one more thing you got to like, that's one think more. About, yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even consider that. At the same time, I have a submissive female friend mm-hmm. who... I, I had uh, brunch with her a couple couple months ago. And since I'm very, very new to the solo dating thing, uh, was been a real eye-opener and a, kind of a shock. Um, and uh, I was talking to her about how, like, these apps, I really fucking hate these apps. I really hate these apps. They're garbage. It's almost a point where Saad was like, you know what you should do? You should just take your wedding ring off and go to the bar and, like, pick someone up. I'm like, that's kind of, that seems kind of... That seems very dishonest to take out. She was like, you don't owe them anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. You can leave your ring on. There's plenty of women who date married men. You ain't got to take your ring off. You ain't got to lie. Okay. Well, (laughs) anyway, in my experience, that's not the case. But, you know, um, so the uh, what I found fascinating is I was talking to her and she was like, yeah, it's she was like, ethically non-monogamous dating is really, really difficult. And uh, and I was asking her about her experience. Like, what's the most difficult experience for you? This is her answering. She was like, I have five play partners. And uh, two of them, um, she's a switch. Actually, she's mostly sub. She was like, but two of them are dominant and they're really into impact play. And they don't like seeing the bruises from the other person's play. So she has to spread them out like at least like four days or three mm. days. And that was a huge, difficult thing for her mm-hmm. is to, because the scheduling, all these people that are interested <laughs> was so difficult. And I was like, and I, I was not, I, there, there was part of me was like, shut the fuck up. This is <laughs> just fuck off. This is first world problems. Fuck off. Yeah. It was like, this is like, like, this is like some billionaire coming up to a homeless guy and like, 
Boy, you sure are lucky you don't have to manage all seven vacation homes. You know, you know how hard it is to manage seven vacation homes? Consider yourself lucky. You know, I was just like, uh, but I didn't say fuck off. I said, I was like, I'm so sorry. That's because she was really sincerely stressed about it. Right. Because uh-huh. everyone has their own perspective mm-hmm. and they're, you know, just as there's some... There are times, I guarantee you, when Jeff Bezos thinks he's the most unlucky man in the world or whatever, you know, um, because it's all, you don't, you know. It's perspective. It is perspective. Eh, fuck Bezos too, by the way. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I found it really interesting from her perspective. And she was like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, you know, and also she was talking about, she went to, she was going to play parties and, um, you know, sometimes she couldn't decide from which play party to go to because one was a women only party and one was like might have some guys there and she didn't know if she was in the mood for women and i was like this is like because she knew she was going to get action either way she just didn't know which kind of action she wanted that night mm-hmm. and it was difficult for her to decide because she was like sometimes she'll go to a party and she's like oh i wish i had gone to that other one I'm like and it was it was a little eye-opening for me to be like oh there's like this is not easy for anyone mm-hmm. i mean it's easier for some but Still, I was like, that's really, really fast. So what apps? Field was not your app. Which apps were you? Are you still on apps? I I saw profiles on apps. Right. Am I checking them? No. No. So I had Field. I had um, Bloom. I'm on that app not to... I changed it so it just says friends. Right. Um, And I'm on the app because I advertised for my friend, She Magic, her right. events. Um, let's talk about she magic. Okay. Maybe we should have her here sometime. Doug. You should. Um, because I saw you, cause here's what happened. I was on the bloom app. Bloom is an app where you can find local events yes. and whatever. It's not as much of a dating app. But one, one of the nice things about it is if someone is using the app and you go to an event afterwards, you can connect, you can say, Oh, I like this person. And then they'll connect with you mm-hmm. if they like you too. Mm-hmm. So, and that's whatever. I mean, it is a dating app. Um, but I use it mostly for the events. I, I don't. I use it for events only because I've never. But it matched. does try to force you to date to to match with people. Because mine keeps saying, too. mine keeps saying, you have friends. Don't you want to check your to see if you if if you have a bud? Right. No. And I, you can only and there and I'm like okay. No, I've never uh, I've never experienced that. I think it's a different. I think it's a different for guys on the. I think they say, <laughs> oh, you have a penis. Yeah. yeah good luck on that. Um, so t- let's talk about the she match. So, so your friend created her own space. So just before the pandemic, she took over this event space. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the pandemic, she did lots of virtual stuff like everybody else was trying mm-hmm. to do. Um, and now that things have gone back to in person, she's doing in person events. Um, and some of those events are kink events. And because she's a dom, they're mostly femdom focused. Mm-hmm. What so the what was the inspiration? I should I be asking this for her so you can maybe you know mm-hmm. what was the inspiration for like, hey, there's gotta be a space for these kinds of events. Was it because she wasn't finding what she wanted? She wasn't finding what she wanted. Right. So she does events that feed her. Right. And hopes that there'll be other people they feed they're very activity focused not necessarily like so there are 
game nights and we've done like things in the park, you know, like, um, we've done besides the tea, we've done, um, rope shares and did one class, a fogging class. We got someone to come in and do teach flogging and bring in a bunch of floggers that people could try out and look at and touch and feel. Um, and do you find, you said it's more activity focused as opposed to play focused. Is that? So it's play focused, but there's always this element of around activities or around being social. Right. Like, so that, like you said, you, if you, you said when we were talking privately, if you were at a play party and there wasn't anyone to necessarily play with, there's always plenty of people to talk to. Right. That's one thing I hate. I went to a play party recently. Mm-hmm. I went and uh, just as there was no one there who I was not interested in playing with, there was also no one approached me to play either. So it's like the feelings were mutual in this mm-hmm. in this instance. Um so I left early, you know, I still had fun socializing beforehand, but I'm not going to stay around and watch people play. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, and there wasn't really a social space. If there was like a social space, I would probably would have, I definitely would have stayed just because I enjoy being social. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Um, I know you may think, boy, that, uh, that guy, he's really, uh, he's really in his shell there, but no, I actually enjoy being social. So you're saying this is definitely more There's, social. Yeah, that's definitely more social. Right. Like we did. One of the last really special events is she did a whiskey and cigar tasting. So, and that was, you know, there was subs there right. um, who were serving. Um, it was also open to one of the few times it was open to dominant men. Right. Didn't matter. Um, everybody was welcome. Um, but it was, it was nice because, you know, you could sit there and try on these whiskeys or drink whiskey right. or and you know smoke a cigar upstairs and socialize with people sounds fancy it was fancy but it was nice it was intimate right so the let's talk about the relationship a little bit more so like the uh, it's going well it sounds like it's going well and uh like, i'm happy i can, hope he's happy can we talk about <laughs> can i hope you're happy can we talk about do you mind if we ask about like the play thing cuz you like what are your big i remember what you what your big kinks were in 2009 or whatever. Like, what are your... My big kinks? What are your big play? Like, like if you would make, like, if someone said, hey, uh, make a list of your top five and these are the only ones you can do. So I'm really relearning my kinks again because I took time off. Right. I, w- I was still going to events, but I wasn't playing as much. So, and of course, I've evolved over the last 13 years. Right. <laughs> So I would say still love pegging. Um, although I don't do it as much as I would like to. It's a lot of work physically. Sure. I mean, if the bottom is doing it correctly, it's a lot of work for them too, because there's a lot of preparation for yes. it. Then you got to eat right beforehand. and Oh, yeah. Do, we do we the discovered things. the whole anxiety behind eating bottoming oh and eating right yeah that's my phone oh i ha- i mean I-, I have i have a process you do what's the process well, i have to I- curious well you have to have um it's helpful if i know like the day ahead of time mm-hmm. i can do same day but it's helpful if i know the day ahead of time because i'll adjust my diet accordingly 
And also that you'll like have take a lot of Metamucil, mm-hmm. right? Or Fissa husk or whatever. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right. The husk stuff. Yes. Right. Whatever it is, which is basically Metamucil anyway. That's what. Mm-hmm. So you, you take that and then, uh, and then like about an hour before the play, you start cleaning yourself out. And then you wait about, you do like, like three times or something like that. You wait 15 minutes in between each time. Mm-hmm. And then you give it a half hour and then you go to the bathroom one last time. And then piece of cake. Oh, I'll have to, um, we'll have to, I'll have to share the podcast with them. <laughs> it is, but it is, it is a thing because, because here's the thing. I can't relax unless I know. It's clean. Right. I, otherwise I'm, I'm too self-conscious. I'll be like, eh. and in fact, to this day, we've been together 14 years to this day. I'll be in subspace and I'll be like, the first thing I ask is, did that please you? The second one was, was it clean? And she'll say yes to both. And then shit does happen. Shit happens. Right. Shit. It, you know, it's an anus. Shit right. happens. Right. And I totally, I totally understand. And I'm it. not freaked out by it. Right. But I knew he was freaked out by right. it and anxious. So I suggested an enema. Right. You know, just a water enema, not, not using right. the fleet because that's yeah. a disaster. Right. That's a huge. So pegging, that was a pegging, flogging. Um, oh wait, back, back. So how did it go? Did it go okay? It went well. Okay, but after we got, we had a talk. We had to talk about the anxiety, right? Where the anxiety was coming from. Yeah, <clears throat> he misunderstood my wanting him to have an enema as me saying he wasn't clean, right? And I was like, no. I remember the first time you were anxious about that full feeling and needing to stop. Right. And I just wanted you not to have the full feeling. Right. So that you wouldn't be anxious about needing to stop. Right. We just need to have a conversation. There is a we whole... We just needed to work through the conversation. And I got to tell you something. There is... Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about pegging. Mm-hmm. Like, pegging porn is usually pretty terrible. It's like... Every- is pretty terrible. There's nothing that's good in porn. They're, they're like the woman does not seem to be enjoying it. She seems to be like almost getting revenge or something like that. Whereas in my experience, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's like I think Sod enjoys it more than I do, and I enjoy it. But also, you know, especially if you identify as straight, there's a lot of homophobia. So yeah, but just it, and it's because of what you grow up with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like pegging does not make you gay. No, it doesn't. But there, there is, I mean, seriously, there are, uh, uh, if, if you're a straight guy, you've grown up with this stuff hanging over your head your whole life. So, I mean, it, if I didn't have, I, did, I had almost no experience before I started dating Saad. And if she wasn't as enthusiastic about it, I probably wouldn't have like, I mean, I love it now, but mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have like chosen that just mm-hmm. because of it. So what else is on the list? Um, flogging, I would say I'm enjoying relearning rope again. I have put rope aside for years. Right. And it's been fun relearning it. So. So I I found something very interesting is that um, because I'm, I know people who prefer leather bondage because it's faster. I generally prefer stuff that's faster, but right. I, which is, it's, it's been fun to relearn. Right. 
a tech something that I've completely forgotten. The, I've noticed like a lot of the women on the dating apps, they they will say like, they rope bunny, they'll say, I mean, that's like, rope is a huge, huge kink of theirs. And that's what they're, they're mm-hmm. looking for. And I was like, oh, wow, that's fascinating that that's like, it's so specific. And I think it's partly because they see the pictures of the, you know, the elegant shabari and all uh-huh. this other stuff. And so that's probably the appeal, I'm guessing. I'm not sure. But so you've been relearning rope? Relearning rope. Uh, Is it because I'm... he kinks on it or because you're just curious to play more in it? Just to be curious to play more with it. Right. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be a love love. Right. Um, but it's been fun relearning it. Right. Because I've... I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. I was literally like, I've forgotten everything. I mean, even a single column die. Right. I've forgotten so much shit, it's sad. Right. <laughs> no, but I think that's like with any scale. Right? If it's not your thing, if it's not like if it's not if it's not like your their, your main kink, mm-hmm. it's understandable why you would like forget all about it or something like that. Yeah. So um it's been fun and interesting to relearn it. Um now I want to get back to, I have to keep threatening myself with sounds because I love them. You love sounding. Yes, I love sounding. And right. they're like terrified. <laughs> what is uh, what is it about sounding you enjoy so much? I don't know. The idea of fucking the cock. Oh. It's fascinating. I mean, I've only experienced it once. Uh-huh. Uh, just because it's not a big thing of, of sods. sods. So, um but it, it is it is kind of terrifying. But I, I know people who have tried it and, and love it, and they they on both sides of the the mm-hmm. thing. Um, but what here's what I find interesting, and I don't know if it's I'm, I'm curious about how you feel about it. like there are things that I um, would never be into normally, mm-hmm. and I noticed this especially when we were dating someone who was into a few things that I was not normally into. But because they were into it. Mm-hmm. It like because like my big kink is just pleasing, mm-hmm. right? That's the big thing. So what I noticed is if they were if if they were into it mm-hmm. and enjoyed it, then oh my god, holy shit! I think it's it's very similar to like pegging sod first time. I could tell how excited she was. I probably wouldn't have like I wouldn't have brought it up, right? But because she really enjoyed it, I was able to appreciate it. But that's true for so many things. Is it true for you when it comes to like, if your sub came to you and said, hey, I really want to try. And it's something that's not normally on your thing. I've yet to have that happen. The only thing he really loves is pegging. Oh, he does love it. Loves pegging. Oh, yeah. you, you mentioned anxiety about it. But now you... but it, it was, anx- I think, you know, he hadn't done it in a long time. Oh, okay. So, so that's both of your top list. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's good. Good for so, you. So, yeah, that completely aligns. And right. everything else, he's like, because he's been with women who were into pegging, but they weren't doms. Right. Um, even though there was a slight aspect of Diaz, but them not realizing it. Right. Um. So... Now it's just a matter of him liking some of the other things I like to do. So what are you trying to convince? Well, we did wax. We right. went to a party and I did a wax scene. Um, he doesn't really enjoy the flogging or or the paddling or caning, but he enjoys that I enjoy them. 
So I, I'd be curious to know, but so when you are playing with someone, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking this because I, I don't consider myself, I mean, I'm not a traditional masochist, right? I don't get physically turned on from pain, right? But I do enjoy enduring it, right? Mm-hmm. But I know it's different for the sadist if the person is like really turned on by the pain. I'm a sadist, but I'm first and foremost a reaction junkie. Okay. I don't give a shit sometimes what the reaction is. I'm just looking for the reaction. So if the reaction is, oh my God, this hurts like hell, or oh my God, this feels amazing. Right. As the only as- thing, as long as there's a reaction. Right. The only thing that would piss me off is no reaction. Right. I hate playing with people who are like stone faced and I'm going to take it. That is the most boring thing ever. I've So here's what's, it's interesting because I've heard, I knew a guy who um, he was like his first DS relationship is he, he was trained that he was, he was not supposed to have a reaction. Like that was the whole thing. He was not supposed to get an erection without permission so he was like, wouldn't, and, and he would play with people afterwards and they'd be like, the fuck, you're not getting turned on by this? And he was like, oh shit, I thought I was not supposed to have one. And the same thing goes with like being beaten and stuff like that. He was supposed to be stoic, mm-hmm. like Spock. Maybe they had a Spock kink or something like that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But um, I think more women are want a reaction than don't. Right. Ah, oh, you're a big mystery. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, you women. Um, most friends I know want a reaction. Sure. Um, well, uh, is there gonna is there like a, a link or that someone we can post for the event space, uh, or is it uh, mostly gonna be on Bloom or it's how would mostly you... on Fat or Bloom? Most, okay. Yeah, it's always posted on Fat and Bloom. Well, we can have a link to the Fat Life event space or whatever, mm-hmm. and then uh, people can click on that, and then people can show up in their business casual to. They can show up any way they want, to, oh, oh. unless there we, for some reason, unless it's a CFNM party, then you better show up dressed correctly. Can I ask a question about the? So that's that's for clothed female, nude male. So we do CDNS, which is clothed dom, naked sub. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. Oh, God, sure. Because subs are, so her parties are subs of all gender. Sure. And. But it was so good catching up with you. Same here. It's been way too long. Let's do this. Let's not wait another. uh, another 13, 14 years. Right, exactly. But thank you so much for doing it. Is is it okay if people contact you on FetLife? It is. Okay. Because you have events and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be no dick pics. No dick pics. And. uh, Uh, No pegging requests. Right. You're the one who does the requesting in that one. I am not requesting anybody. <laughs> I have, I have, I'm already taken. You have a Pete Peggy, so. Yes. 